are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom Zero and I, Rachel Burt. Wait, I'm not joined by Cosmom Zero and I, Rachel Burt. <laughs> She'll be here soon. I suppose, maybe, most likely. Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punky brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. And we're here to talk about the tales. Well, let's say this thing first. Tales of the Walking Dead actually came out on Blu-ray and DVD today. For those of you across the pond who had really no way of watching the series, I think you can even get it on Amazon Prime Video. Thank you for being here. We're here to talk about The Walking Dead Dead City's second episode of its inaugural season titled, Who's There? (laughs) Hi, gals. How are you? It's good to be here with you. We already did the the greetings behind the scenes, but we have to pretend like we're saying hi for the first time. Hi, Dave. How are you? (laughs) You know, I missed you. It's been a thing. Hey, Sharon D. How's it going? She's, She's talking to Dennis. It's fine. It's cool. Hey, everybody on the chat. Hey, Mario, it's good to see you, the Croat. (laughs) My buras. (laughs) Anyway. If you guys weren't able to make it on Sunday night, watch our surprising Rachel video because it was hilarious. I was just going to say, don't we have a video from Eli Jornet? (laughs) We had a video video from Eli Jornet. It was a trick. We tricked everybody, including Rachel. And then Rachel was the one who really got most of it. I do have something to mention, actually. I wasn't able to mention it on the last episode. I forgot about it. So for any fans of... The Clementine thing? Wow, no. I just totally blanked. Well, I think they're coming out with the second installment of the Clementine comic. That is happening soon. I saw the cover for it, I think it was. Yeah, the first one I know you weren't psyched about it. Yeah. (laughs) I will do it for my 10 people, but... Well, um, (laughs) no, don't lie, because that video that you did of the non-spoiler reaction was gangbusters. We don't get that shit. Probably because we say shit, by the way. Yeah. In the, the first few minutes. The last drive-in with... Um, oh, what the heck I, is his name? Why Bob, can I not think of his name? Bob Evans? Yes, Bob Evans, the restaurant <laughs> with great potatoes. Right, right. Jim true. Bob? Is it Jim Bob? Am Jim I Bob Beanbag. Why am I having like a... I'm having a stroke. You're I having think. like a bunch of brain farts in succession. Live here. I'm having a stroke. You're, you're having head flatulence. That's what's happening oh right God, now. Oh my God, I'm not okay. Okay, move on to something else because I'm looking at Is that why your hair is wet? It's like okay. really weird. Anyway. Oh, gross. No, I showered because I went to the gym. I went to the gym, you guys. Maybe you need to shower again. Anyway. Maybe. <laughs> Am I laughing too much, by the way? All right, no laughing. <laughs> it's Joe Bob. God. It was like I had a stroke. I'm sorry, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> We have something big coming up for Robin Overton, who is the black and white guy. Please, everybody, keep your eyes and ears peeled because you're going to want to be in on this. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. it's for a great cause. Robin has cancer. It's going to be so fun, you guys. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. We should say he's doing quite well. It's just a matter of- He looks great. Yeah. It's just a matter of funding and all that stuff. We've got the framework in place, and I hope you guys are going to love it. It's going to be in some ways bigger than the Jackbox charity live stream. Oh, hello, dear lady. Hello. See, you realize we were just trying to kill time until Rachel came on. No, I had something to share, Dave. I had a real thing. But you brain farted so much that- I just stroked out super hard and I couldn't (laughs) go with it. Okay. So for anyone who's a fan of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, duh, Bridget. I don't know if you guys remember like midnight movie like hosts where they did like bad B-horror movies on the weekends. Okay, so that's like his vibe. He's been doing it for a long time and his show is on Shudder and it's called The Last Drive-In. And he did cover for like a special anniversary edition thing. I think the first two episodes of the first season of The Walking Dead and Greg Nicotero was his guest and it was 
awesome. But he actually did cover the first episode of Dead City. I have yet to watch it, but it is streaming supposedly on AMC Plus and on Shudder. It is. I saw it on AMC Plus. I didn't watch it, but I saw that it was on there. So I am going to watch that because it's going to be good. He does like a really fun thing where he does like kill counts. He does like weird stats through it. So it's it's fun. So if you're looking for a different way to watch your favorite content, that would be a good way. Kind of like the cool stuff that Fear the Walking Dead did in season five, I think, if I remember right. The walkies and the video game kill count Mm -hmm. rankings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What happened, guys? Remember the Fear Flight instruction video? They stopped caring about Fear the Walking Dead. They were like, we don't care about this show anymore, so we're not going to do anything about it anymore. They didn't even mention the 100th episode. Mm. When was the 100th episode? That was was last year, right? Yeah, it was like episode 15, I think, of last year. Was it 15? I thought it was in season six. Ah, Who cares? We're not here to talk about Fear. We're here to talk about this lovely, wonderful, I think. We'll find out in a second this series called (laughs) Walking Dead Dead City. It was a good episode. I feel like we're moving in the right direction here. (sighs) Introduce some new and interesting characters. Surprising feelings towards some characters. Yeah. I was like oddly attached to Beetlejuice hair. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even understand you, but I'm just so like... On second watch, I actually, it's something hit. Yeah. I was like, what am I, what's happening here? I thought she was going to say that she had interesting feelings for Negan. And I was like, mm, but no, you went no, those, way. those feelings are not in <laughs> yes. any way interesting. <laughs> not, I mean, not, I'd, not, I'd be interested in hearing about those feelings. You have heard them many, many times over the years and they have not changed. My oh, yours. Yeah. Sorry. I, I meant the, I meant Beetlejuice hair. I mean, Esther. Anyway. Esther. <laughs> It was too short. I felt that. It was very short. It ended very abruptly. I was just like, oh, that was it? Okay. But that's a good sign because that means I was enjoying it. Because I was like, oh, thank God this is over. Like mm-hmm. some other shows I might not mention on there. But anyway. <laughs> For fear of repetition. <laughs> For fear. For fear of For repetition. Fear of repetition. <laughs> but we've been pretty blessed these last several episodes of TWDU because they've been like 55 minutes long, mm-hmm. 60 minutes long. Then to have it go back, to the feeling that we used to get after watching TW episode, it's already over. Most hour-long shows are what, 48 minutes, 45, 48 42. minutes? 44, like, yeah, man. Like 42 and 45. This one was yeah. 39. It didn't even hit the average. But again, that is good. That means I was enjoying it. And I did. I loved the zipline scene. I'm going to apologize but Negan's funny as shit. Like, I'm sorry, but he is. He's fucking hilarious. Don't even apologize. Enough. I hate it, <laughs> I but he is funny. Apology. He, he is funny. I can admit he's funny. Should I we mean, check in with you, I mean, Rachel, I'm, every time we yes. say something nice about Negan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you probably should. Just just to make sure it's okay. Okay. We need to ride this line very carefully. It's like our HR. Jeffrey Dean Morgan definitely brings something entertaining to the character. I can hate Negan for what he did and still enjoy seeing him on screen because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is awesome. I enjoyed it. We mentioned it a lot, actually, because it did seem really short, which is a good indicator that I'm engaged, at least. I saw it scroll on past, but I saw Emily say that this one was not as good as the first one. And I did feel that a little bit. It wasn't quite as good, but it wasn't bad. It was still good. It just first episode was like here. And then it was like, mm, like, t- like t- <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, what's, what's odd about that comment is that what we normally notice on most series in general, not necessarily the Walking Dead universe, but pilotitis, it's it's a real thing. Ugh. And so usually the second episode is where things pick up. What you talking about, man? Entire first seasons are bad. Sometimes. First season of The Office, the American one, Cringe City. Mm-hmm. First season of Parks and Rec. Also, Parks and Rec. Ugh, also terrible. Cringe City. Uh, uh, first season of Star Trek The Next Generation back in 87. Uh, they were just finding their feet. One. Yeah, which is weird because the first season of Walking Dead is pristine. Well, when you have that much time to work on only six episodes, I mean, you, you want to get it right. And you have yeah. a filmmaker doing it too. So <laughs> I know you had Frank Darabont. You've got a whole <laughs> film spread out across six episodes. Yeah. yeah. So to dovetail on Emily's comment, I didn't think either was better or worse than the other because the first one was establishing a lot and including mystery, things that will be revealed later on, which one of those things was revealed today by Joel Armstrong's address. I think it's purportedly Pearly Armstrong's brother, not Lowell. The last episode had actual movement, but it was very, it was a lot slower. We're going back and forth between different places, which is fine. We're establishing things. We're being introduced to this world, even though it's a world that we're sort of familiar with. So you like that we had movement and some of that movement was fast. Some of that movement had heights. <laughs> and I think we're figuring out a lot of, a lot about these characters, these characters that we know in this series, Maggie reacting to a sort of fear of heights. That's interesting. You know, she's looking down. She's like, I don't know. Then she has to zip line. It's a lot like when we found out in season 10 that Carol has claustrophobia. I think mm-hmm. there was some sort of maybe mention of it. In they mentioned er- in, it in season one. Right. And then when they were down right, in the bunker. Yeah. Most people don't go right. around talking about all of their fears. It sort of comes up when they're in the put in the situation. And especially being claustrophobic, I tend to avoid situations like that so that I don't have to like be in that type of area you know what i mean like i would it's go so out of my weird. way to avoid that i don't even want to talk about it anymore that episode freaks me out so i can't, <laughs> the, I can't. with the tunnels oh, no we're not going to talk about that no, anyway, I moving on i don't want to i just find it. it funny that no. uh that rachel you Ooh. have this like fear of, of tight spaces you have a fear of being on water where you can't see land so like open spaces open water <laughs> it's like, i'm just afraid of everything where are you comfortable just... <laughs> are you comfortable um, in a box because uh, here no, there's a room for you too, that's small the boxes are a bigger box it's a big enough box look it's uh, 16 by 9 no, no i mean yeah. i'm good uh, on land it's it's the water that's scary she can be on the land and look at the water yeah yeah that's not a problem and i can be on the water looking at the land that's fine right. too long staring as I can swim it, to fact. it as long right. as i can swim to it <laughs> like she'll just be like shut up shut up shut up shut up like in that video last night uh sunday night <laughs> shut up shut up shut up i'm looking at the land shut up shut uh-huh. up uh-huh. Ooh. okay i see land anyway <laughs> thomas is at the premiere they talked about the heights lauren learned while filming that she's afraid of heights. Interesting. Hey, look at that. Sometimes you learn things about yourself when you're in those situations too. Maybe you didn't even know you were afraid of things until you're put in that situation. Yeah, and this is a lot of situation, New York City. So much surface area to climb up, to look around, to look at from a distance even. It's it's overwhelming for people who aren't used to it. Shauna actually says something interesting. We don't know what happened to her while she was on Travels with Herschel during her absence, yeah. which is I, something I hope they kind of bring up again too. Uh, something that they dropped when she came back in the bonus episodes of season 10. That would be uh, nice to see a little bit of what happened while they were on the road. Yeah. It'd be interesting if it, if it were relevant. Right. And even then, the way you'd have to do it also is to not be hackney about it. It's like, oh, whenever we don't know 
something, just throw in a fact that nobody knows about that we just have to accept. <laughs> it's like when they, when people see ghosts on the show, oh, that's why he's crazy. Like, oh, that's the reason. Like, no, he could just be dramatic and weird. We could take his word for it. <laughs> Mario says, if I was afraid of heights, I definitely would not look down. I would have ha- would have my cli- eyes closed the whole way up. Why don't we talk about that feeling that we got at the end, actually, when we started having feelings. I call them in my notes the tribes people because they're this found family tribe. There's the aftermath. They handle the Burat. Well, Negan mostly handles the Buras, the Buratsi as much as possible. And then they then they're like just kind of they're kind of dealing with the aftermath. Tommaso's like, you know, rubbing his bald head because he's like, you know, he's, he's he's feeling things. But we started feeling things, too. Why is that? I know why. For Esther? Yeah. It's good writing. I, I guess felt so, it yeah. Too. Is it for Esther or is it for Tommaso? It's for Esther, but she's an older character and she's unable to communicate. So there's like two pieces of vulnerability there that I think really connect you to her. Like she can't communicate with the people around her because when they're responding to her like Amaya, Amaya. she's speaking Spanish <laughs> back to her. It was interesting. Some of them know the words like when they were yelling back at her. No, they are czar. They're czar, which means stranger. It's not Spanglish, but I don't know what that would be called. <laughs> it's like it would be Hebrewish. Hebrewish. Yeah. <laughs> so I've used that before. So there's that disconnect. She really can't fully communicate with the people around her. So you feel a sense of sadness because this world is already really hard. Can you imagine being in it and not being able to speak to other people around you and fully express what you're trying to say or to be able to share like your deepest fears or, or a moment that you saw something beautiful. Dangers. That writes in a little bit of vulnerability. And then on top of that, she's much older than everyone else. So then it adds in that second layer of vulnerability like, oh, you know, she was like the grandmother of everyone. And there's just a special connection. Plus they do the necklace piece where they have her necklace and then Amaya gives it to Tommaso. And I don't know, it's just like a nice connection piece. The necklace that Amaya hands her is a high necklace. And it's a very common thing that Jews wear. High just means life. And it's a sign that we're still here. That's why the clock was set to 420. Because it's the high life. (laughs) (laughs) It's the high life. (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree with everything Bridget just said about Esther being vulnerable and older. And this is, again, what Bridget said, good writing. They showed us that these are good people. Instead of them saying, we're good people, you should trust us. They showed us how good good they are. Because we have to do this. Because they took care of this woman who, again, elderly, not, I mean, she took care of them too. She's zipping across that thing like a pro too. So she she might have been a little on rooftops blowing out matches you know absolutely but i mean i got the impression you know she probably needed a little help and and these people took her in and they helped her i'm sure she helped them as well but they showed us that this was a group of people that we can trust it might even be the fact that she was the one to bring them all together too maybe if you think about it she's the one who goes out of her way yeah we might find out more about her as we continue on with this group too and no matter what happens from here as she's laying there dying i'm like oh you didn't last very long but i'm always going to remember you as the person that brought these two Negan separate groups together. Oh, yeah. Right, our yeah. group to this group. She was the bridge between Negan and Maggie and this new group of people that are, in my opinion, probably going to help go after the Croat and lead to our eventual success. Because we like our good guys good and our bad guys bad. <laughs> Say it right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It also doesn't hurt that we feel something when they feel something. Amaya and Tommaso. There was a strong reaction. Like, as, as much as she was kind of a annoying them when they brought in Negan and Maggie. It's that kind of crazy that grows on you. It's like over family. time. Yeah. yeah. When you're like, stop. Like, this is my auntie. Why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> but you love them anyway and you love them because of it or in spite of it. And you may not show it at the time. 
but you miss it when it's gone. I would normally at this point go through all the Hebrew. I'm not going to. It doesn't make sense. Nir Rega from Fansided, I think it was, had gone through all the translations that are in the episode, actually. Aliza had gone through it as well, I think because of that article. And she has a podcast called Relishing the Dead. Relishing the Dead. She's here. She's here right now. They're here. Yep. Oh, they're uh, Relishing the Dead has their own YouTube. I was going to say they're only on (laughs) Facebook, but apparently they're on YouTube now too. They are probably through StreamYard. Yeah. Sorry I'm late. Did you guys discuss the nugget in the opening sequence? No, but we can now. Not yet. (laughs) As far as I know, it's the only the one nugget. During the title sequence in the intersection, peering above the intersection, you can see a zip liner zip by, which wasn't in the first title sequence. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't notice that in the opener either. I thought I saw something else and I was wrong because I checked it. But the amount of crows that end up on the Statue of Liberty's crown at the end was there was two of them. And I was like, oh, let me go back to the first one. Maybe there's only one on the first episode. Oh, Just be like fun. sequential. Yeah. But no, no, it wasn't like that. But they should have. So I haven't slowed it down or anything. But every time I see the opening scene, there's the barbed wire that's twisted. It looks like there's something written there. Does that yes. not look like letters? I thought that too. I froze the frame and I couldn't see anything. But yes, when it's pulling it's back. the walkers? It, it does look like there's it, writing it in the. Like it looks like they're formed in letters. Backwards. Yeah, yeah. It looks like those bar that barbed wire is purposely making letters, but I can't make it out. The way it's moving fast makes it look like it's tighter or something. I don't know, but I, I thought the same thing, but I couldn't make out any words when I stopped it. Okay, David's laughing at us. What? Yeah, what are, you, are you okay? What if the words that it's saying is? Oh God. Hashtag tranquility is ordinance. Oh shit! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no! Not, no! It's not long. It's not long enough for that. <laughs> if you watch the previous episode, you'd understand what it, why they're triggered. But it it's might not, and say I won't go into hashtag it. Hashtag Negi, though. It could say Negi. <laughs> actually, we'll say hashtag hate bag. So no, see, I won't say that. Those words oh, are not coming out of my oh, mouth. Lois says it says <laughs> you fuck. Says you, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'll. Uh, uh, Oscar's Red Hat. Thanks, Lois. I don't see no TM at the end of that, so I'm going to steal it. <laughs> well, mm. he's known for it. Let's use it in all our graphics, too. Hashtag you fucks. <laughs> Just- <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Should have trademarked it, man. Oh, what can I tell you? And then I have to use it so I don't lose it the trademark. It costs a lot, anyway. doesn't it? Oh, nah, it's a copyright. It's copyrights, are, copyrights are expensive. It's not that bad. <laughs> trademarks are actually more expensive, you're right. Because you have oh, to be specific to the too. Other... Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. You have to be specific with colors and branding and font and the whole thing. I particularly liked the scene where Pearly Armstrong heads to Joel's apartment on Oliver Street. Mm. Apartment 505. I want to start with the music because the music really does a good job of informing the audience maybe how Pearlie is feeling because we don't really know but the music is so somber and you see childhood photos it's a whole journey of getting to know the character without him speaking a word well before he goes you don't know was it his apartment because is his name really Pearlie or is it like a nickname you know what I mean Mm -hmm. That's that was my assumption. Point. I was like, is this his apartment or is it someone he's related to? Why would he have his own address written down though? Written down. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. With a name. <laughs> it's a good, like, this is a very Joel good point actually, Armstrong. Bridget. Sorry. Yeah. I was impressed for a hot second. I admire your mind though for going there. Honestly. I don't know. I was like. That's happened to me before. Know, people are weird and writing is weird. So sometimes it's like. We got to question everything. He's going to go to this apartment. Did you know? You know what? I don't know. I'm going to go there later on in this episode where you guys might take me down so don't worry Bridget we'll, we'll be in the same exciting. boat well, I'm just enough. saying like we've seen dumber 
we've seen dumber stuff after dark anyway. especially uh, dumber after dark it's not dark yet yeah. it's still kind of light out longest days of the year it could be his cousin it could be it doesn't have well, to be his brother. i'm just saying you're right saying? you're right but i mean the family photos are there too it looks like he and his brother and his parents and one of them pictures of me and my cousins together cousins yeah it's yeah, entirely possible pictures of me and my cousins as kids saying. they would think we were siblings i didn't have any sisters growing up i had cousins though so a close enough of a relationship to mean something to him and it could yeah. be their family home too I, not that there was that much space in that apartment so i was thinking this and maybe you guys have your own thoughts about what is going on here and i keep thinking about what Tommaso says at the end people come in people don't go out and it's because of the croat but the whole reason why people remained on the island anyways because the bridges and tunnels were taken out a bunch of dead are in the ocean probably walking around manhattan you see that joel armstrong made a go of it he, there's tons of cans still waiting to be opened on the kitchen counter but there's tons on the table so he made a long go of it however long that was until he gave up so i was thinking to myself something that i'm kind of going to get a little personal but i don't know why i thought of 9-11 at the time which is it's very easy to do when you're talking about a series like this where tragedy happens i was just thinking to myself what it must be like for somebody to feel blessed and at the same time have that survivor's guilt him wandering around that, that apartment happening to be off of the island maybe during the bombings maybe he was at work in new jersey let's say mm. he was luckily excluded from the tragedy and so i i keep thinking of him always having that address in his pocket where he could visit his brother or his family home or wherever whatever it means to him whatever that place means to him specifically and then having survived and the feeling that we all have like oh he should have tried harder he should have tried to go to his brother at the time but like no when you hear that the island doesn't let you out or it's too dangerous all this time he probably wanted to go see his brother but couldn't bring himself to do it and now he's forced to be there to go after Negan for purpose or whatever it is and finally confront that kind of it's kind of dove's tales to fear the walking dead Morgan finally confronting the demons of his past doing the thing that he said it was eventually going to do and so you have Pearly here doing the same thing Thomas kind of brings something up too that we can include in this conversation one nitpick about that apartment scene wouldn't he look through the entire apartment for his brother before investigating all this other crap which made me think I we don't know a whole lot of what's going on, but did he maybe assume that his brother wouldn't be there? Maybe did he already know his brother's fate or her, whoever this person is? His, this, maybe he hoped he wouldn't be there. The fact that there was no sounds, there was nothing rustling oh, no around walker sound, or right. walking around. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, if you went to an apartment looking for somebody, wouldn't your first goal be to locate that person? And then when you're like, okay, they're not here or I see what happened, then go around and look at everything else. Unless he was afraid of what he was going to find. And the longer he looked at other stuff, the longer he could put off could put it off finding mm -hmm. his brother. Good point. Especially when he found all the food cans and stuff and probably figured that his brother had the ones that are left behind too. Somebody said it looked like there were drugs on There drugs. were. That was a So that yeah, was that a was the other thing I was gonna say. That was a point. Mm -hmm. Maybe he ran out of crack and that was the end of it. He couldn't deal So anymore. that's what I was wondering was like was he an addict? And then you're going to look for him because yeah. he's your blood and you owe him that. But then there is the other side of it. If you've cut some one off for the betterment of their lives that you don't want to enable them anymore would be really hard I imagine in a situation like this to know that they were alone and that there's no support how well are they really gonna possibly do and that's one of the first things he sees when he comes in he sees the cans and then he sees the glass pipe or the paraphernalia let's say yeah I mean if his brother was an addict I think you've probably resigned yourself to the fact that he is dead because he's gonna die either way it's what Alicia talks about in the first season of fear when she talks to Madison about Nick and how she really had to like distance herself from him like cut him off because yeah. she just figured he was gonna die yeah he was already dead to her she had written so him you off. gird yourself yeah. Yeah. to protect yourself
yourself. You can't fault anyone for doing that. You really can't. It's so funny how we get so much from that scene, but we still don't know what he's thinking. Obviously, there's a solemnness to the music and there's a solemnness to his actions. Like, obviously, he's paying respects Mm. by covering his dead body, by putting the rosary on it. But you still don't know how he feels. The one thing I can say is probably there's a lot of mixed feelings here. You get in the last episode, I don't smoke, I don't drink, and I like a good hog stew. Right. So like this kind of, I'm a folksy kind of guy. And then all the other stuff that I mentioned that you don't want me to talk about, which gives you an idea of the kind of person that he's either become or he always was. And maybe it's like that whole walking dead universe allows you to become the person you were meant to be. But what happens when you go back? home to almost like a time capsule. I can see him taking time with that. Wow, I forgot what it was like to be here, to be that person. After becoming this Marshall fella with a family and kids throughout the apocalypse, I just found that scene super, super interesting in a visual storytelling way that says a lot without saying a lot. You know more, but you don't, re- maybe you don't really know. With tracks with the first two episodes, with the last episode and this one, there's nuggets that are dropped and never explained, and I'm not mad at it. That maybe we'll come back to this. Maybe this is important. Maybe this scene is important. Mm-hmm. Look how much story that told in a minute. And with Well, no it took a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long of a scene, though. Not really. I mean, that was right. relatively short. Like, not in real-time terms, too. That scene took a long time. In real-time terms, oh, it took like a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Like, real-world time. Thomas also brought up an interesting juxtaposition between the marshal leaving the rosary beads on his brother and them taking the necklace from... Mm. Oh, that's really nice good. Catch. Yeah. Nice catch. The high necklace that Tommaso yeah. takes from Esther. Esther, Esther, I couldn't remember her name. The, oh, she says the Jewish pie necklace. It was Jewish high necklace. <laughs> Say it right. High. <laughs> Is that how it's spelled though? No. It looks like a pie C-H-A-I. symbol. Like yeah. mathematics. It does look like a pie symbol. Oh, that's be fair. I get it. Yeah. The pie. Okay. That was what I thought it was, was a pie symbol <laughs> at first. It's two letters, uh, a chet and a yud. I thought it so. was one of my tattoos. No. Is that how you introduce yourself to men? Wants a pie. Anyway. Ew. Oh. No. So bring it, bring it, bring it back. We have to bring it back. That was disgusting. <laughs> what a horrible way I'm just way really good at making yourself. pies. What? What? I'm very handy in the kitchen. Yikes. If you know what I mean. I can cook, but I don't make pie. Unless it's rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Just kidding. I wanted to say what Emily said before, though. She practically did not care about this scene. People oh. die. Families die. Who cares? Oh, I'm summarizing, too. <laughs> okay. She's not wrong. Right. No, and we I think at some point we've said that I was somebody. One yeah. of us had said that. I, I, yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. like something I would say. Get over it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> over it. Die. People die. Come on, move on. Pick your big boy pants up. Something like that. <laughs> I think that's what I said about Rick when Lori died. <laughs> yes, that was exactly what it was, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a common complaint for me and Rick. Get it together, Rick. Everybody's lost somebody. Yeah. Right. Win. Well, what, again, what I liked about that scene was, wow, you get to see um, Marshall Armstrong as one way in the first episode, and you get to see him in a, a lot more human way, maybe, in this episode. And whereas you could have seen him in the first episode as a two-dimensional character, I am this, and I here's the punishment, right? But here we're revealing this third dimension, and where he goes from here is entirely up to him. I'm fine with that. But the idea that he might have a struggle, because now he's finally in the Walking Dead universe. Before he was in this bubble, but now we're bringing him into the Walking Dead universe where you can be who you're meant to be. So what does he become? (laughs) Emily is savage right now. (laughs) She said he has main character syndrome. (laughs) I don't know you like that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Yeah, Emily, to be fair, it's like a new series. We know that Negan and Maggie are the characters we're following, but this is an option too. And I gotta say, there's something about, I don't know if you saw the Instagram takeover. there's something engaging about him. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. 
He was somebody that I was kind of annoyed by and like really sus. I like the folksy thing in the first episode. So I feel like that may be why. I don't know. I'm interested because there's clearly more to him. We get that through this scene. So oh, yeah. I mean, and he's easy on the eyes. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you saw his Instagram <laughs> takeover on Sunday, I'm like, he's easy on wow. the eyes. I'm not mad about Without it. Without that mustache screen. and a good haircut. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good looking guy I could see why they had to put facial he just fucking chews the screen his camera so they got it they were like dude you're too bright we gotta put facial hair and more hair on you it's not we gotta make you look worse and put you in a big giant trench coat and weigh you down with all this shit yeah and you know what that's really cool that you just mm-hmm. said that right now because I noticed that in the first episode he seemed taller but in this episode when they framed him up in the shots he almost seemed smaller like he wasn't as big as we thought he was he's in the big city it's not how he's not out in the open where he's a big bad sheriff anymore small fish big pond which dwarfs anybody well the city itself was just imposing and towering even though it's crumbling he should feel smaller in the city than he does out in the open rachel you're a poet and you didn't even know it So, no, I like what Emily's saying too, though. I like getting all this stuff. So she says, it feels like the show is telling me how to feel without being invested first. Fair. Which is why I say, I'm not sure how to feel about this base. Because it's like, it's telling us a lot, but it's not telling us anything. We, he, we, he can completely reject these emotions that we're feeling. He could be the same person now that he was back then. Apparently they're Catholic because they have rosary beads. So he could have been a hardline Catholic and they could have totally shunned his brother for being a drug addict or something. He was the same person. He was ready to ostracize back then he wouldn't have killed his brother in a horrible terrible manner but maybe now he would now he has more leeway to do the things that he would have done had he had that power back in civilized times well it's clear he has a a disdain for the vices of the world or is his disdain for the vices because of his brother's addiction probably it probably ties into it yes i mean i can't tell you how many people i've known who never drank in their lives my grandfather never drank an ounce of alcohol other than communion wine because his father was a horrible alcoholic. I can feel that. Yeah. yeah. He put this guy up as a mirror to Negan. He's always had this in him to be this person, but now he has the leeway to do it, just like Negan. Or the authority, right? It didn't just appear after the apocalypse. He just kept it reined in during civilization. So maybe you're supposed to see them as parallels Foils. of each other. And the marshal has an actual badge. He has. He's been given permission to be this way because that's the way things are. Well, I'm sure he feels like New Babylon is a sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like a federation. I mean, what did the saviors want? Saviors wanted to have these networks of peoples under his wing to be Negan, essentially. The United States of Negan. One more sad fact about that apartment. In some of the family photos of his brother Joel, or his cousin, brother, whatever it is. I'm just being a jerk. It can be his brother. You see this heavy set version of him. And when, when you see him on the chair, that's got to make somebody feel some, something. Oh, he's like emaciated. He's wasted away. That could be... Obviously, putrefaction and Mm -hmm. and mummification over time, desiccation, fine. But what if? Well, you wonder, and I thought of this while I was watching it. So let's say you feel safe enough in your apartment complex to raid other apartments. Do you only have that apartment complex? Takira, you know what I'm talking about, baby girl, because you listen to We're Alive. (laughs) Anyway. It's a podcast, right? (laughs) It's a podcast. We talked about it before. It's great. So you could maybe raid the other apartments, or, or at least on your floor, maybe, if you feel like up to it. But you only have limited supplies and you're in a city that's I imagine just full of the dead there are so many people in New York City so you have a limited supply you have to ration how far are you willing to ration are you rationing half a can of food every day are you only eating when you're lightheaded or 
are you eating every three days? Because you can make it three days. You would lose weight. If you open a can of something in the apocalypse, you have to eat it because there's no refrigeration. You can't open it and then save it. At least in a day. In an apartment, yes. Yeah, a can is a day, maybe. (laughs) All of this we kind of brought together also when we first get in the apartment. You see that there's still stuff left over, which means he's been trying to do this for a while. Or at least, I don't know, maybe he got only so far. What? What are you laughing at, though? Just Thomas. He said he'd open a can of whoop ass. <laughs> would you, though? You cuddly little... That would only last a day. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you can't whoop ass. Then you'd be out of whoop ass. It's what would actually, you do? It was a product made by Jones Soda Company at one point. Whoop ass? Whoop ass. Whoop ass energy drink, I think. Oh, my God. Anyway, Such a genius idea. So you know. Yeah. And then you'd have to drink it in the day, Thomas. Yeah. And then what would you do? You'd be out of whoop ass. And you'd be all out of whoop I'm ass. I'm not going to lie to you. You could push it to the next day, depending on how nasty your apartment is. If you've got roaches, you're not going to push it to the next yeah, day. No, no. But right. if you don't, well, you're also you not going to take chances without doctors. You got, too. If you got some saran wrap. <laughs> I mean, you'll do anything if you're hungry, Dave. Some some and cling film. To stay alive. Some, some cling I'm fire. just thinking ahead. Cling film. Cling flame. Cling, cling film. Back in the day, you just just cover your food with a towel and you'd eat it the next day. So just saying. But if you got that cling film, you could stretch it a day, an extra day. I love how that came back for some reason. <laughs> Cling film. Film. Cling film. Thank you for The Walking Dead 806. Negan be Neganing. First of all, the shot is great. It's dark. And all of a sudden, the Negan we've first met comes out of the dark, similar to like coming out of the trailer when, knock, when we knock. see the lineup. Let's maybe go to Rachel for this one. Hi, what happened? Oh, oh, poor Rachel. Were you okay <laughs> with this scene? What's going on? Did you feel like Maggie felt in that instance? I felt mostly confused in this scene as a, an effects artist. I appreciated the scene. I loved watching it. Yes. Living for that gut spillage and the raining of blood. It was awesome from my point of view. But I was also confused as far as like the story goes. Because he's like, don't come after us. And he's talking to like, what, five or six people down there? Bunch. A bunch. And if they wanted to, they could just like run up the stairs, grab him, kill him. Like he's one guy. How scary is he really being? I mean, they just stormed in there and were like doing the same thing to people. It's not all <laughs> they that work for intimidating. Too. Yeah. Like, who's nuts? It's not all that intimidating, I feel like. So what are we doing here? What if <laughs> the Croat has put it out that nobody is supposed to touch Negan because he wants him? Obviously, they have a picture of Negan. They know what he looks. Maybe not them, but there's a picture of Negan going around. People know what he looks like. The Marshal has a picture, yeah. If the Marshal has a picture, somebody else could too. And so that's why they're just kind of standing there and not rushing him. Do we know that for sure, though? Because that... No, I said, what if, I said what if. Oh, what, what if? if? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a strong what if. <laughs> I mean, I like that. The only reason why I said he, he wouldn't is because I don't think that thing has been circulated anywhere near Manhattan, right? Nobody goes there. People come yeah. in, people don't come out. Except for so, Croats people, they can go in and go out. They raided Maggie. That's true, you're mm-hmm. right. Croats knows sort of what Negan looks like also. Yeah, he, he definitely could just have someone draw like. a picture. <laughs> Does he know that impossible. Negan's here? Do you think maybe this was his plan all along to lure Negan here somehow? To um, lure Negan back in? Yes. Ah, I think he yes. wants to get to him. That's kind of what I mean. I think it more to just put the be like a blanket out. thing. If you happen to see this guy. Have you seen this man? <laughs> It's like right. Emil looking for Morgan. And it's like yeah. this baby Morgan. Anyway, we got to just keep up with the social contract. And, but the picture, the picture, folks, it's kind of funny. Logan said it took guts to do what he did in reference to Negan. And I just really appreciated that. So 
what if Ginny is a spy for the Croat? Because the story she told Negan about her dad could have been bullshit. I, I was trying to figure out why would she leave the relative safely? Other than the father figure trope, she's supposed to kind of steer Negan or at least keep tabs on him in some way. The Croat would know that Negan has a soft spot for kids. The reason Negan wanted to kill him was because he killed a little girl, just a kid. And not in a sexual way, in, in any way, shape, or form, but Negan doesn't kill kids. He's made that plain. And the mute story would be a great cover because she won't be questioned. She's not expected to speak or say anything, so nobody would really question her about anything. So she's supposed to be bringing Negan to Croat? Well, Emily is saying what I said, that it was Charlie 2.0. So Thomas keeps saying, how did you guys not know that you missed the clue? You missed the clue. Okay, so there are two shots that happen in this episode in which Ginny is staring at the grain silo twice. Mm -hmm. And the first time I was like, is she checking out that dude climbing up the grain silo? I was like so confused. And then the second time I was like, nope, something's up. The dude wasn't there. (laughs) Second watch, I was like, oh. And she's staring at the bread. She's not eating the bread. Maggie lied. He didn't raid them. I don't know how he got Herschel, but they have food they have right, crop right. they have grain they have they have everything is that why jenny leaves too maybe that's why jenny leaves because she's trying to go warn negan isn't this where they rebuilt though aren't they in a second location after the raid no mm, it's not clear i don't think so they were rebuilding a wall that wall that's was clearly kind of what i was saying something. it's not 100 obvious but in the first opening shot of new hilltop they're repairing the front entrance we all agreed though when we watched the first episode that we felt like maybe maggie was getting Getting Negan to come with her because that was the trait. Mm-hmm. And that the Croat specifically told her, that's what I want. I want Negan. Is that what you're, what we're leading towards? Mm-hmm. I don't know how he got Herschel. I have no idea how it happened, but he got Herschel and she wanted to get him back. And the only way she can get him back is by trading Negan because that's who the Croat wants. And so she mm-hmm. has been lying, which is why there's all these silences and close-ups on Maggie's face when he's talking about stuff like how many fathers and husbands have you had killed? We don't know what happened with Annie. We don't know how, how what happened with the baby. We can make our assumption. He's a father and a husband as far as she knows. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't know any further than that. I will say she did seem genuinely surprised after he finally opens up and explains his connection to the Croat. And she's like, oh, so he wants to kill you? I heard genuine surprise in her voice at that. Like, maybe you aren't going to be able to help me. He's just going to kill you. <laughs> Maybe she wasn't going to be able to get Herschel. Like, maybe because this guy is. Yeah. Like, if I he mean, just he's a bad guy. Negan, hey, don't. You know, she won't get Herschel back. We don't know exactly what he would want him for. Negan's assuming that he would want him dead, but that's as far as he knows for trying to shoot him. I mean, I'm thinking torture. But yeah, but Maggie knows nothing. She just knows that's what I need to have. The Croat, that's what he wants. He doesn't know mm-hmm. what it's for. She doesn't care. It's Negan. Okay, fair she enough. She doesn't have to fair care. Fair enough. Yeah. Right? Croat probably didn't tell Maggie, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> So I like this, but I do want to go back to Sharon's comment because there are some other breadcrumbs that you may not have noticed. I don't think it counts out that being a possibility. I I don't think so either. And nobody knows exactly where this is going to go. So because Sharon, when you drop that fucking mind virus on me, obviously it spread. (laughs) So when I was thinking about it, looking at the grain silo, not eating the bread is another clue. So let's not get carried away here, folks. I started thinking of The Last of Us. And obviously the grain Mm. has the fungus that turns people into the infected. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, now we're That's there. my joke one. But here's the re- here's the, here's the real one. When they sit her down in the classroom, they're talking about what plants are edible and what are not. The one plant that they have on the chalkboard, which is funny because the knock knock joke is the about butter, butter huh. right? But the buttercup leaves and all known forms of buttercup leaves are poisonous to humans. Boiled, stem, root, sap, all poisonous. So they're teaching them wrong. Oh, well, 
no, no were they but they were learning her? which were and which weren't concern? oh okay. so m- my thought was she's looking at the grain silo she's trying to scope out shit and if she is working for the croat she could have easily maybe i don't know poisoned the silo either ahead of time or that mm. night or whatever with just a massive amount of buttercup leaves to make people sick or kill them or whatever my mind kind of went somewhere after that but if she is working for the croat her concern could be like listen the croat can get what he wants negan all that stuff and then when he's done getting what he wants he could eliminate any other potential variables like maggie's people that might go after him for kidnapping herschel and he has his little agent poisoning people it's kind of like in season eight when negan has the guts on all the weapons to kind of incapacitate everybody Mm -hmm. if everybody's kind of like huddled over having diarrhea and vomiting and all that stuff they can't fight so that the croat could come and take them all down take all their shit and take it on home Mm -hmm. which is interesting because then you go back to the first episode they have that guy because that guy is part of another community that they're scoping out and he wanted more information on them kind of like the story about the girl that was killed from the kingdom in this episode he just had to get that information so anything is possible folks so stop yelling at us about god guys you missed the obvious clues like we don't know where this is going we have to go we have to cover everything but i i definitely we don't know where it's going but it threw a wrench in how you thought it was going yeah takira just brought up can we talk about the fact that that guy said jenny was from oceanside that bugged me yeah so much i don't know why i'm so angry about that but i'm freaking angry about it (laughs) like i would say that they wouldn't want to just bring her in and tell a bunch of kids that this is some stranger that was hanging out with negan you have to have a cover story because kids are mean as shit she's already doesn't talk like she's already gonna have problems you just can't throw her in and say some shit like that oceanside would be a very safe (laughs) safe lie exactly Mm -hmm. you don't want a lydia situation like the silence the whispers put the bag Mm -hmm. on the head go Ooh, i bet this is your mom (laughs) (laughs) it's maggie's settlement so i'm sure everybody there has heard all about negan if negan's stories are proliferating on the outside world everybody in maggie's settlement is going to know it. I'm sorry this is late. My brain's a little slow, but I wanted to dogpile on what what Bridget was saying about Maggie lying. If their camp had been raided, why is Maggie the only one going out? If the entire camp was affected by this, wouldn't they have a team of people to, I don't know, get their shit back? Yeah. (laughs) Unless you couldn't spare anybody because you got to rebuild. even like three people. A team of three or four people. Why would Maggie be doing this on her own? Unless it was a lie. She told her camp one thing and And we talk about her perceptive Negan is and he says in the first episode which at the time I was like that's really weird promise me that you'll take care of her Mm -hmm. she doesn't ask she just states because you're you're not coming back yeah and I was like that's weird (laughs) that's ominous I don't care for that he knows it he already knows yeah we mentioned it yeah Yeah. it's good to reiterate the fact that Negan knows he's not coming back I want to answer your question, Rachel, though, because it's easy to assume that your people are going to stick up for you. But what if they just disagreed with her? Maybe they thought the cost of taking people on a suicide mission effectively. Well, this is assuming that they only took Herschel and didn't actually raid the camp. If they took things from the community, more people would be up in arms about that. If they came in and only took Herschel, then I would agree with you. They'd be like, eh, he's one kid. Get over it. We've all lost somebody. You know, but you know what? <laughs> we tried that with the saviors. It would be repeating history, though. Going after the saviors after them taking your... Sh- so that didn't work out well for a while. So it's very easy to kind of run defense on that. N- not to say that you're wrong or anything, but it just I'm just putting it all on the table. 
It's Ooh. easy to not want to repeat history. And so Dawn, Dawn that's Dawn. exactly what I was going to yeah. get to. Dawn says, Dawn I think Herschel good, ran off. That's a good point. If that's the reason, it still doesn't change anything. I think both things could be true too. Because Maggie's saying to Herschel, you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared. And this thing happens and they weren't prepared. Herschel may not have been kidnapped. Herschel may have survived that incident. The entrance is clearly demolished, guys. Mm -hmm. You can't deny that evidence in, right. the, op in the opening to the new hilltop. Something. Does, that, does that mean that the walkers might have taken? No, it's a brick wall. I don't think they pushed it down or anything. That's a mighty big hole in the front door, a la Negan. But both things can be true. And then Herschel survives. He wasn't prepared. Mom is right. I'm so ashamed I must leave. Or it could go the other way. Oh, he Herschel seems like, I hate you so much, Mom. Because yeah. you're so mm. embarrassing. That's, more, he, was given, like, don't he was given like teenage vibe, like super right. hard. <laughs> Very not being able to handle his hormones. Yeah. But there's some breadcrumbs that lead me to believe because he's drawing superheroes, maybe his thought was, maybe I it's time for me to step up. Maybe I'll take down the Croat. Maybe I could stop being an asshole to my mom and resolve this just like whom, Rachel? He's heard so many amazing stories about his dad that he feels like he could never live up to it. Well, I was going to say Carl, but <laughs> sure, um, let's go no, with Glenn. His dad, the badass. <laughs> well, I just think, remember what Carl did? He hid out in the truck and then he came out in yeah. AK-47 to a bunch of saviors and so kind of reminded yeah. me of that. Isn't it more likely that Maggie is sharing stories about Glenn to Herschel sure. rather than Because that was my first instinct too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad was pretty Because it's easy to canonize your dad when he's not here to be with right. you. And, you know, my mom's a big asshole, but my dad was the best because you, you, you don't get to deal with him every day. We even heard Judith telling RJ stories about the brave man. Of course, they're going to create stories about their dad. <sighs> Fucking. They want to yes. build him up as heroes. And maybe hearing stories like that, he feels he's not, that he'll never live up to it. And being a teenager, he's taking it hard. Yeah. So I can see him either easily swinging the other way, wanting yeah. to save people. She was fucking right. So I got to step up. You can't keep stepping backwards because eventually you're going to hit a wall and have to push forwards. And so maybe that was his move. And again, both things can be true too. You know, I can see him reacting to having been raided. Aliza, I love you. Aliza, stop. stop. I, I fucking love you guys. I can only aspire to be half. No, no, no. You got no. you between you, Dawn, in the few you're minutes I was able to listen it. to you guys, killing you guys it. bringing your theories from your podcast, Relishing the Dead, into ours made our podcast Amazing. even better, obviously. But that was you guys. So thank you for bringing that mm -hmm. to our doorstep. Thomas, you'll get some credit too. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? I see you. I see you, Thomas. Thomas, we're not going to be friends. <laughs> but like, really, we're going to be friends. No, we're not going to be friends. Because <laughs> no. he keeps saying Glenn no. is like... <laughs> Shauna says, again, we don't know what Herschel saw his mom do. So during that big gap of time when Maggie and Herschel are on their own, there's a whole life between these two on the road that we are not privy to. We do not know what's going on. We know one story that Maggie told. Oh, right. And it was pretty gruesome. Harrowing. Yeah. I still think about it. <laughs> yeah, it was gruesome. I it's mean, like in that episode of The X-Files. It's permanently burned into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so we might see a little bit of that again, if it's relevant to the current story. Okay. So one thing I said in the first episode, I said, Negan knows that trap because he is familiar with those traps as a savior. It is a savior trap. And true to form, Pearly Armstrong gets trapped in one of those traps after leaving the fire escape. Yeah. So I'm right. You're all wrong. That's all. <laughs> we all agree. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you got no. that off your chest then. Yeah. Yeah. A little pushback. Tell us how you really feel. I felt really good I about it. I thought we all agreed that that was a... a but it wasn't very sad. Satisfying because... <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> can we, sure. Okay. Can we talk about the Barazi? Sure. That's okay. exactly what I want to go to next. Yeah. Great. That's why we started with that. Me being right about things. Hobbits, though. Okay. One. Yes. <gasps> coolest. Coolest. Why yeah. are we seeing the coolest stuff? Now I want a helmet with saw blades in it, and I want boot knives. So yes. boot knives and helmet. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a motorcycle because otherwise none of this makes sense. I miss mm. mine so much. I don't I know. Very cool. Could be a fashion statement. I wanted to talk about what the Barazi was repeating. Yeah. When I wrote he it down Esther. too. Doma smo? D-O-M-A-S-M-O. In Croatian, it means we are at home. Yeah. Which is interesting. Huh. So I thought a couple of things. The idea that they're the saviors with the Croat. So they say things like we are Negan, things like that. Mm-hmm. But then I thought of this is our home bitch, that sort of situation. He's cornered <laughs> by everybody and yet he still feels like they have supremacy over the situation, right? Yeah. I was also thinking, well, better to be killed here than have to fail and come home to the Croat too. Negan, you come home, you fail. He's not going to kill you. You did all you could. You come back home. Negan's like, all right, better luck next time, kid. <laughs> but as long as you're not giving away trade secrets and giving up the ghost willingly, he's not going to gut you like a pig. But the Croat, I can easily see being like, oh, you flipped over to the other side. Now you're spying for them. Things crazy Croat would think of. Better to die here than come home empty handed. So he has to keep repeating that to himself. This is our home. This is our home. I thought at first when he was saying it, because I wasn't watching with subtitles the first go around, I thought he was saying Tommaso. He's just repeating Tommaso's <laughs> name over and over again. This bitch likes Esther. Tommaso likes Esther. <laughs> Gotta do it. Yeah. Oh, look at this, Tommaso. At the end, this is like a nice little nugget when the Croat is fishing out <laughs> Pearly Armstrong from his trap. He's like laughing and he looks at Pearly swinging and Walker's trying to get him. He says, Zamotan Kalpoklon. I looked at this over and over again and I had to get it just right. And what that means in Croatian is wrapped like a gift. And right, wouldn't catching a marshal in your trap be like a present mm. that you can open? He kicks away the gun really quick. He just knows that the marshal's going to go for the gun. And he goes, don't worry, you're safe now. Of course he's safe. He's a prize. Come on. Yeah, Mario. <laughs> Did I say it right, Mario? Because I know he's a... Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mario. The Croat is here. Mario the Croat. The actual Croat is here. And he's a Zamotan Kalpoklon. Yeah, I'm so, sorry thank you. for butchering your language, Mario. <laughs> I'm not. I'm he said I did it perfectly in the perfect Croatian acumen. I Thank did you. not, though, when I said <laughs> when I said what I said. I'm not going to repeat it again. Doma schmo. Schmo or schmo? He says schmo, right? Schmo? I don't anyway. know. I use schmo all the time, but I use it in more of the... Well, he was also an American <laughs> actor, too. So. What a schmo. What a dumb schmo. The netting made me think of Star Wars on uh, Endor when the Ewoks <laughs> everybody in there. And I was trying to think of who Esther had reminded me of of when she was interacting with Negan and you know what it was Yoda and Luke Skywalker oh. she was going through the pack he's like yeah you can eat that you know? oh, yeah. <laughs> eat that you can I did love that okay cause like she gave him pigeon to eat right, right. so he calls her the pigeon lady makes sense mm-hmm. the pigeon lady is also a character from home alone 2 which right. happens in new york city i don't know if it was an intentional nod but i liked it esther is done she's on the floor she's a corpse tomasa puts her down one thing that i saw that i really liked that she had that most people who don't know what this is that she was wearing was uh one of the red bracelets and it's a very jewish thing so it originates from when you visit the grave of a sage or an ancestor one of the forefathers of the, of the, the matrons of the patrons abraham isaac jacob and 
and uh, Rachel, obviously. Kever Rachel is a big one. Rachel's tomb. And these ladies are hawking these red bracelets. Basically, what it's supposed to do is ward off misfortune. What that means is the evil eye. So that you're not thinking of bad thoughts towards others. And so that no bad thoughts will come towards you. No bad actions will come towards you. I just like that with this character because she embodies the idea of generosity and thinking ahead. Randy's also in the chat too, in the Instagram chat. And he says... Hey, Randy. Oh, hey, Randy. He says, not sure Negan would be just like better at luck next time. I do think Croat would be much worse. Well, right. He's saying what I said about this guy can't go back because the Croat will punish him, essentially. Oh, so okay. yeah, that's what he was referring to. It's raining, man. Hallelujah. It's raining, man. <laughs> man. It's like his, his insides were on his outsides. Get you absolutely soaking wet. Yeah, that was awesome. I wanted to. <laughs> that, it's a little too far. I wish I could have touched so, those guts. <laughs> I know that sounds gross, but like, you know I what I mean. Touched him good. Like, you know it. what I mean. Is it latex foam or is it. <laughs> or is it pig intestines? Safe? What is that? It's probably oh, is silicone. it pig intestines? Sometimes it's pig Yeah, intestines. probably. Sometimes. But if they want to use it a lot, it might be like silicone or something. It's cheaper, it's easier to make. No, but what we were talking about in that scene was so you didn't feel the things that Maggie felt. This guy putting on a show all over again, triggering you back in the days of the lineup and Negan be Neganing. And did you feel that that was a thing or it was just something he needed to put on to keep people safe? Because you said you were did confused. Did you see by that. that smile as he was walking that guy? He may be doing it to put on a show, but it ain't all show. I know. I love how he he's like, I to only do it. do it when I have to. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is he too had a badge? He had I permission? have always like told you that Negan would go back to who he is. I've always said it. This is Negan. He never left. He just was hiding for a minute. Do you guys believe that too? No, I don't, because I don't think he's completely 100% Negan anymore. Part of him can still be in there, but I don't think he's going to go back to no, I think this is old who Negan he is. completely. This is Negan. Right. Ooh, <laughs> Rachel's doubling down. <laughs> it's getting good in here. It's merging. You got old Negan, and then you've got the nowish Negan, and he's meeting somewhere in the middle. He still has it in him to be Negan. Negan can still be Neganing, but he also has another side. I'm going to go all the way back to his origin episode with Lucille. I'm agreeing with you because, yes, Negan has these two sides to him, and he can be gruesomely brutal. Look what he did to the guy in the bar. The reason he got fired and all of that from his job before the apocalypse for Lucille, right? He was defending Lucille. We know Negan is capable of I don't know. I guess I'll call it compassion. He does feel things for the people that he cares about. Negan's somebody you want on if your side. If you're lucky enough to be cared about. <laughs> yeah, because he'll kill for you. That's Negan. That That's is at least Negan. a takeaway from what you're... Yeah, yeah. That definitely. I felt that too. You know what? I'm going to give you a little duke, Rachel, because I did wrestle with that scene a little bit. Not that I was thinking he was going back to the person he used to be, but how do you square that circle? How do you flip that switch? Because it's one of those switches that if you're not careful, you can't turn off. But I relegated it to the themes that were repeating throughout the episode. Even Maggie herself, she had a weird bloodlust against Esther. It wasn't overtly stated, but you're coming off of a tail end of a conversation between she and Negan. And he's like, you gotta give a little, you gotta give a little, get a little. But it's clear through inference and not through monologue <laughs> that what they were arguing about, I can see why they did that with Maggie, because it's very easy to look at her and say, oh, if she says this line too overtly, you're gonna think she's the villain. And 
you know what? Maybe they don't want to give away that ghost too quickly. She's like, fucking, she's a waste of time. She's getting in the way of me getting to the Croat. Let's waste her and move on. But no, Negan wants to follow her. That scene repeats in the bathroom when she's saying, you could have just taken him out. They had guns, Maggie. Buh, 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 buh. Anyway, going back to Negan though, and flipping the switch, right? Like the Cinnabon switch, right? Right, Sharendy? She's like, <laughs> right when I say Cinnabon switch. <laughs> That's okay. I square that circle by looking at all of our characters across time and what their special skill sets are. So let's say Glenn or Charlie even. Similar skill sets, sneaking in and out of things and being able to get in and out of situations cleverly, things like that. This is his skill. His ability to completely, in the wanted poster, it says he has charisma. That's one of his skill sets. Beware. He's armed. He will charm the pants off of you. Reminded me of like an RPG. <laughs> yeah. He has um, plus 10 charisma. <laughs> <laughs> made me think of. Yeah. And even Randy said, I, I don't think so. It's all an act. Negan of the Saviors is like King Ezekiel of the Kingdom. It's all for show. I want to mention- we have compared him. It's almost like Negan has Stockholm Syndrome, in a way. He was held prisoner by our people, the survivors. Oh. And mm. he cares now about what they think. He cares about what Maggie thinks. He makes a face when he turns around and he sees that she saw what he did. He cares to some degree. I'm not saying it's this kind of caring. I don't want that. Okay, <laughs> That's not Rachel that knows. Rachel knows what I'm thinking, though. Like, well, Rachel, what do you have to say about that? No, 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 I'm actually no, curious. No, no, no. Do you think he cares what, he, what Maggie thinks? Do you think there's a remorse when he has to feels like he has to turn off that switch and face Maggie? The look that I saw was like, shit, I got caught. <laughs> mm, okay. Oh, okay. But then okay. to a degree, he does care what she thinks. Yes. Yes. Right. To a yeah. degree. That's what to I'm a saying. degree, like, at least. Yeah. I don't know what to what degree, but he does care. Right. The other See thing is- Yeah, you brought that back that on track? You can't- <laughs> Yeah, you did that on purpose, right, Dave? <laughs> So, <laughs> totally planned. You know my shit. <laughs> so one of the other things I do want to mention, and I think it's not addressed here. Negan, is, he sweeps over some stuff when he says, I only do what I have to. And I think all of us can go like, you're right. Was Rick the villain in some of these situations? Sure. We've always said that. We only believe our group to be the heroes because we've been with them longest. Of course, mm -hmm. they're the villains. I mean, think of orange backpack guy. Yeah. They're the villains in certain situations. Okay. So like, it's easy to say like, okay, well, maybe Negan isn't the villain. Maybe it's a real karate kid type thing. Johnny wasn't like actually Johnny. the bad guy. Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. Anyway. <laughs> like a Cobra Kai situation. It's a Cobra Kai like, situation. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. you could say that. <laughs> I like there that. is one irredeemable <laughs> aspect of Negan that he did what he had to when he had to. What's up with the harem, dude? Yes. Did he commit the act? Maybe not forcefully, but using your position of power to say, hey, your husband needs life-saving medication. You can have it if you marry me and then you're in my harem. Dude, that's jacked. I don't care what spin you put on that. That is jacked. So basically he's worse than Harvey Weinstein. He's like the ultimate hashtag me too he's the me too he, king. yeah he should have been me too like real hard time's up negan <laughs> wow that was a time release oh, i almost welcome. passed out i laughed so hard yeah no and you're right too we could go like until i'm blue in the face about this i want it just no, no, brought we need up to, that like you do have to remember that that did happen he did do things he didn't have to do <laughs> ryan says man is a pimp get off him <laughs> get off his junk that's fair bridget attacking him like that you gotta defend your man ryan sorry 
Oh my he's God. just trying to get his D wet. He's like he's like being I'm the opposite. Crying. He's like the culture war, right? <laughs> like, anyway, but on the other hand, he did kill the guy who was trying to rape Sasha. Rapey Rapey Dave. Dave. Well, it's because he's the one that gets to rape people, not Rapey Davy. Well, I wouldn't. So. No, no, no. I don't want to use that word. I don't want to use that because that's not what happened. But it was right. an abuse of power. Yes. Yeah. It was coercion. It was coercion. It's coercion. It's dirty. But to go back to the episode and also bring up something that I had brought up in season eight of our coverage, which was at some point down the line doing this, it got away from him. He just had to keep going further and further and further. And the biggest thing was it got to a point where he was mad at Simon for doing the thing that he didn't want him to do, which is just one Simon. But he pushed him into a position where, well, now I've got to kill all these people. When did this get away from you to this point? But then tying it back to this episode, it may have been in the early days of the Croat where he faced this situation and a little girl got killed. There's a kingdom scout, let's say, ends up being possibly, possibly not. Maybe she just said it like Negan said. Maybe that she felt like she had to say that Mm. to maybe skirt by and then the Croat kills her anyway. So now Negan sees this as ashamed as he was later on. There's no doubt in my mind that he learned something from that moment, took it with him. And it's one of those things that gets away because what does he do? What does Negan do later on down the road? He uses a hot iron to punish his own people. Who might have taught him that? At some point it got away from him and this could be one of the tools in his toolkit. And even though he he shooed the crowd away, being afraid of not being that guy, he eventually became that guy. First off, torture has been proven that it doesn't actually work. People will just say whatever you want to hear to get you to stop torturing them. Beyond that, are we sure he killed her? Because uh, I got the vibe that uh, way worse stuff happened. Inappropriate to children stuff. Because uh, yeah. we'll we'll say that someone killed someone. No problem. But we have never talked about a Carl on the road at night type situation. Mm-hmm. You try not to say the R word, aren't you? I'm not saying it. Or the M Just word. Just say assault. It's assault. Just S-A. Assault. But with yeah. children. He essayed him. With children. Because that is the vibe right, that right. I got from that conversation. So you're leading back to the end of the first episode too. I think you're going to like it here with Uncle Carl. At, right? Ugh, is that what you're he's going with? He's a skeeve, but no, it was the way that Negan said it and the fact that he wouldn't say it made me think that it was that. I mean, he, he did kill her, but I feel like it was a lot worse than just killing her. Yeah. yeah. You know what? My mind doesn't go there and now you've just filled in a blank that I didn't want filled. Thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but thank you also, oh, actually. I watch a lot of Law & Order Special Victims Unit, so. Yikes. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Call me Olivia Benson. Oh, I cracked this yeah, case. Wow. I'm just now you've got me <laughs> off the rails because I had a huge crush on Mariska Hargaday. Yeah. Not so much now, but that's you know a choice. Uh Dave. <laughs> it's a choice. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> When you realize there are no cards to give. I love that we now have a shared lexicon amongst us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there was a whole conversation about Negan and the men he would ask to fight for them. And Takira had a good point. She did. She said, I think in his sick mind, Negan thought he was helping these women somehow. Or protecting him from the others. Their husbands weren't strong enough to protect them, so they should marry him instead. Prana counters and says, well, he thought their husbands were strong enough to fight for him, though. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. they, Mm -hmm. there's there's a very a very meaty discussion about that. It's a very interesting thought. I've never heard it put this way, but this weird idea that maybe he did this to protect all these women from all these the brutal people that he needed to have, right? Because if, if they needed to go to the mat for him and they're, they're coming home all amped, you know, maybe he thought he had to marry all these women to protect the women from these men too. I could see that. Like I all these people are his Lucille. Degree, but it's just like, it wasn't spun that way. And if we're like trying to retcon right. that in now, I just don't care for that. 
that. Well, you know what though? Here's the thing. In most senses, it was wasn't spun much at all. You, it existed. <laughs> we don't know how far. He even said, like, I remember this one scene that was I saw on TikTok. Like, I remember he was renting out one of them to was it Eugene or was it no? It was Dwight. He was like taunting Dwight. You want to get freaky, little freaky deaky with I don't know whom, like as a reward or something. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Not Sherry, in other words, somebody else. So, but we don't know the extent of what. So it's the thing is the show kept it so vague what was going on that of course the comic book readers know but do we know I, i'm not running defense whatsoever i but i just prefer to go by what we see rather than what we think we know so regardless i like it when it's open-ended like this because we can have these fun conversations fun <laughs> fill in so the blanks fun. so fun the r word sa <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, well, I like what Emily said. I just feel like Negan is ultimately self-centered, lives, lives in Negan land, whatever. So I actually wanted to comment on that. And that was, uh, I don't know, throughout this episode, I, I got the feeling that he was enjoying this. And there was like a little joie de vivre being with this character. Because look at Maggie. She's super, super, super intense. And so to counterbalance that intensity, you need somebody like Negan, just for us, to counterbalance that and have this like, I'm. this is a playground for me. I'm walking in. I always wanted to go to New York. <laughs> Don't look down. You'll toss your cookies. You know, like it, zip lines. Cool. You know, that like that kind of to throw off all that intensity. And if he has an inkling that he's being brought there to die, then why not make the best of it and enjoy the fucking time you got? Boom, this is how he's always been. Yeah. Humor has always been his mask. That's the face he shows to the world. But do you agree with that, Rachel? Do you think he's genuinely enjoying this, though? Or is it just a mask? I think enjoy might be a strong word. I think he doesn't mind it. Hmm, okay, that's fair. If something happened to Annie and his kid, then chances are he has not been in the best of mind space. Yeah. So maybe yeah. this is like a way he can let loose and just be like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let me be yeah. myself. I got nothing left to lose. Let's just yeah. do it. Yeah. He yeah. Takira actually brings up really a good, good point that. that Gabe tried to give him counseling. And when you guys were talking about it, I was, I was thinking to myself, this is could be like a big avoidance scheme. Like if I can lean into this life, I don't have to think about what happened to Annie and my baby. Because that's that's too hard. Well, I mean, that's that didn't why he work leaned out into well. the life before. Exactly. Because he yeah. didn't want to deal with his wife dying. With Lucille. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That did not pan out well the first time. <laughs> deal with your Where's shit. Where's his Megan. new weapon that he named after Annie? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Is he going to have like a knife named Annie now? Or? It's what he called the pigeon bone. The pigeon it's, it's just bone. the pigeon bone. <laughs> it's just a tiny shit. This is Annie. Call it Annie. This Annie. is Annie. <laughs> shit, shit Annie broke. is thirsty. <laughs> like, like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, what is that? Wait, hold on. Say that again, Rachel. That's so say Annie's, that again, Rachel. Annie's thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little straw. Yeah. Just, just poke little Annie in the neck and then just. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> you like what you heard? Relieve us two stars in a very flattering rating, though, at the same time. Please, okay. please. Inside joke, sort of. If you look at our social media. Can we talk about those awesome ass guns? I don't yes. know if I want to call it a gun. It's like a hook. It's shot. a harpoon. It's a harpoon. <laughs> but it was. It looked handheld. It didn't look like a traditional harpoon. You know what it looks like? It a looks plumbing smaller. snake. But yeah, with like a claw. <laughs> 
And yeah, they finally let like it go and it like grabbed the guy snakes? and like ripped the chunk like. and I'm like, what? It was so awesome. Wait a minute, isn't there a Mortal Kombat character that throws something at you and then jerks yeah. part of you out or something? Scorpion. Yeah. Yeah. Scorpion. Yes. Get over here! And then he, yeah. And then like, yeah. yeah. Bridget, Bridget, shake hands. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I was actually thinking these weren't weapons at all. Not initially. It was clearly a whooping. <laughs> right. Wh- whooping. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it was clearly a whooping. <laughs> was it Was it whoopus? Was it whoopus? Like Did he unleash a can of whoopus? <laughs> clearly. <laughs> guys, guys, stop. Stop laughing. Stop. Stop laughing. Stop it. Everyone's going to give us bad ratings, but they'll compliment the hell out of us. <laughs> you oh notice every time we tell people to stop laughing, we just start laughing uh-huh. more. Yeah, Logan right. says nail gun grappling hook. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So here's the thing. Yeah. Yes. What better way to throw the zip lines over than a, some sort of electric or gas powered grappling hook? That would be the way, right? You you carry the, the steel cable, you just, and it goes, and then the guy goes into the other building, hooks it up, and you got a new zip line. Dual use, but. Tom is a plumbing snake. That's what I was saying, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look like tools. They're like power tools. Yeah. Okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But like modified. Yeah. I want them to somehow sneak in a Super Mario Brothers reference into the show. <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of cool? <laughs> like the, one of the walkers looked like Mario. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like overalls and like that. a red shirt. Okay. <laughs> Keep an eye out for it. Just like Sharon comparing the characters to Star Wars characters, I want to see. Now we have to look out for Walker's wardrobe and see if we see one of the Mario brothers. Oh, it's Luigi. What? Why does that guy (laughs) look like Toad? (laughs) What is he wearing that he looks like Toad? See? A big old See? But now you're thinking about it. No, the guy, the helmets, they kind of look like mushroom cats. Okay, so there you go. (laughs) So the Croat looks like Toad with spikes on it. Anyway. Oh, Rachel, handshake, handshake. Well done. <laughs> they look like Daft Punk. They did. Look like yeah, Daft Punk. that was the biggest observation. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I gotta give credit to Aim for the Head podcast because uh, that's that's the. Well, looks like Daft Punk is cameoing in this episode. Let's talk about it. Kudos, <laughs> <laughs> kudos. Weapons remind me. Fallout. Logan Stoke says. Emily says. I feel like whatever it is that they miss a lot more than not. Yeah. Well, but yeah. that thing had a pretty good aim. I have to admit, which leads me to believe that's how I thought okay it's got a straight aim so it's possible that they use this to launch the cables across pulled out a nice chunk too it was really cool yeah it was sick it was awesome you know what Mm -hmm. one thing that you might miss from that scene is that little knowing glance that maggie gives to maya when it comes to the kill shot she goes no 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 maya let me stomp on this croat's neck well i love that they okay so maggie just met this chick and amaya yells duck and she immediately duck do you know how many times you can yell duck and someone will turn and look at you like what the what the what the, <laughs> the fact that she was like like okay i'm just gonna die that was really cool and yeah then they shared that moment which i felt like was maggie realizing okay negan was right i do have to connect with these people yeah but it was a little bit self-servicing wasn't it well yeah because she, wants their help. she was getting out some angst <laughs> She wants their help and she's mad. So, okay. So she takes this guy down and obviously the most brutal way you could just do what Tommaso did for Esther, but no, she like stomps on his fucking head. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Then you immediately get the next scene, which is Negan going brutal ass on this guy. And like, it's easy to miss in some ways what makes them different. Maggie talks about brutalizing people. It's the showboating. Right. It's the enjoying it. Let's say you enjoy it. Maggie's said this before, but you enjoy it. But Maggie enjoyed that too. I was going to say Maggie didn't look like she didn't enjoy that like 
She's like, yeah. Maggie's like, I didn't, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Maybe she was just pretending it was Negan. Luther, says, I feel yeah. like Luther was all, a badass. Yeah. Well, I was worried for Luther too because what he was trying to do with the helmets is mm-hmm. like he was trying to take the guy and snap his neck. There's like all these Razors things on it. All over it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's saw blades. I will say, uh, Luther is also pretty easy on the eyes. I'm just saying, a lot of good looking Beautiful. people on the show. <laughs> Aside from the face tattoo, but. Who doesn't little, love a face tattoo, Dave? I judge. It's fine. Excuse I me. Really. I have a tattoo on my neck. It's. J- it might as well be my face. It's right there. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. Dave is wrong. Tattooed on my eyelids, like a uh, little Wayne style. Dave is wrong. Okay. <laughs> Camera one. Camera two. Dave. No, but see, the awkward thing is if you wink at somebody, it just says Dave. <laughs> saying very awkward no i can only wink with this eye so it'll just say is wrong <laughs> is wrong i can't wink Wait, with my you? other eye really yeah fun fact i can only raise one eyebrow i can't raise the other mm. one i like this one little fact in croat's origin story yeah. the croat went through one of the worst shit imaginable and if it was anything like what these people have been through like maggie losing glenn and and possibly negan losing annie and his baby it could be like this kind of like a fear the walking dead situation at least in the season which is all these characters have experience similar loss but they're dealing with in it with it in different ways and they all come for a cir- full circle and so i'm not saying that the croat is going to have a full circle moment but it's po- it's entirely possible with this kind of series do you think that that there is a possibility that we'll visit that in some way i don't care if we do i don't because we need to. a bad guy yeah i need a bad guy i can't have for everyone be life. a bad guy everybody's a bad guy so far in this yeah i, I don't, don't need that. some sad bastard story telling me about how he oh my life was hard and my dad was an abusive alcoholic and I don't it's fine I don't need it no I don't want to sympathize with the bad guy he's bad <laughs> what about you Sherry? fuck that guy uh, keep it stupid <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> I feel like Negan gave us enough backstory that's all we need yeah yes true mm-hmm. especially if what I suspect is true then he can kick rocks mm-hmm. he can get the <laughs> hell kind, out of here unkindly <laughs> He can, not, not very nicely. He can sit on it. <laughs> sit and spin. <laughs> I want to read my notes because it kind of goes back to because I didn't know what we were going to talk about in terms of theories for this episode but I had said what does it mean that we have a flashback from Ginny to Herschel did Herschel suffer a loss three months ago too was it the Croat and then we led to this theory that it could be both things it could be that the Croat didn't take Herschel necessarily but he ran away and he felt that that loss and then he felt like he had to do something about it I didn't know it but maybe that was the something Takira asked if we're going to touch on the Daryl Dixon sneak peek at all yeah that they showed during the live broadcast I saw a little bit of it. I didn't watch yeah. it intentionally. It just came up on Instagram. It's worth watching for sure. I... It doesn't give anything away or anything. No, it doesn't. Beautiful visuals. What I saw. I'll say that. And it looks like one of those things if that's never going to gonna appear in the episode. One more person say, oh my God, did he float across the ocean? Uh, that <laughs> tiny boat? Uh, no, just stop. Just fucking lean in. Just, Jeez, just stop. Please. He doggy You know going to watch the that whole shit? Way there. He set a world record. Like, calm down, okay? <laughs> If Morgan can run across the United States, <laughs> like just chill out, you guys. Not that then a serious. man can wash up and. I mean, Morgan Marseille. ran a much shorter distance. He well, also drove a lot of that. Then, then Daryl sailed. And he was driving. But as far as we saw, he just ran. What is this so with this No, he drove. He drove a long why are way. We, why are we, we pitting these bit, two yeah. characters together? Like, they're not in competition. Because they covered a long period of distance. They have that in common. God. Are they going to fight eventually? <laughs> 
Because Morgan's gonna fight. Who's tougher? Daryl in France <laughs> with Mo. Shauna says Daryl was dirty enough that the grease just carried him there. <laughs> <laughs> he just, the grease he just, just floats on top. Slowed his way. <laughs> just slipped right across the ocean. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you remember Iceman from the X-Men? So he just like skates on the water with his greasy feet. So mm-hmm. Nobody knows what I'm talking. Anybody who watched he X-Men? Used, he used the oil X-Men. for power. <laughs> he just squeezed the oil out and put it in the engine. Not 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 his hair. Hair. <laughs> he just breathed on it the wrong way. So it's methane, right? No. So. All right, <laughs> lay off. Gas. I love a greasy man. Just lay off, all right. Emily says Daryl seems like from the dialogue he's an edgy fourteen-year-old. <laughs> it speaks to me, Emily, because I too was an edgy. I'm a greasy fourteen-year-old. Morgan <laughs> doesn't huh. die or drive. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I, walking down a turtle exactly i was thinking silver surfer also silver but that is surfer. not that's not who he's talking okay. about that's not who he's talking but, about yeah, yeah. i like i'm remembering the, those old cheesy super friends remember it was iceman hey, spider-man was, and starfire who was a, thinking not a real of the character incredibles dave the incredibles that could walk on the ice bridget you're dating yourself frozone. i'm dating i'm forcing frozone. myself to date myself i had to ask my 13 year old frozone you're thinking I just of frozone. Said, frozone i think you're thinking of the incredibles and i hear you going like who's that guy from the Shauna, I think the last bath was when he got wet in the rain. (laughs) What was that episode? Little hut, Leah. Oh, in season yeah, the the Leah episode, bonus episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Now, no, all this water. No, it's not the map he was worried about getting ruined. It's it's getting all the filth off, right? It's like he's like, oh my hair. No, it keeps me all greasy and slippery, so the walkers don't get me. He just slips is that, is that him being slippery? I'm being slippery. <laughs> Worst impression of Daryl ever. Catch me. Ever. <laughs> oh my god, we have we have gone completely off the rails. If you like what you heard. Give us a two. <laughs> <laughs> Give us two stars and a very thoughtful review. Oh. Let's bring that score down to 4.2 instead of 4.9. I'm very burned about that. We had like five a 5.0 on like Apple Podcasts for five and a half years. Okay, so guys, let me just tell the story because otherwise this doesn't make any sense. Okay, okay so we, okay. Got, we got a review today and it was two stars and it was someone who we was did? saying that we laugh. We laugh too much. We giggle like teenage girls. But this here's like great analysis. I love what you're hearing about this. I think I really enjoy the content, but I couldn't stand the laughing. You know, David did that. David wrote that review. <laughs> to just to justify cutting out all of our laughter it's so that the laughter's not the problem so david can be like this is the first i'm hearing people have said that they don't like it here's one here's one (laughs) right there it's just the laughter everybody thousands of people here's one of them (laughs) anyway so i beg of all of you please go and rate us higher than two at least (laughs) to just to just try to help mitigate that i'm so sorry that we're having a good time My favorite part, though, was that it was a nice review other than the fact that we laugh a lot. It's just David. It was really good. It was, David it was actually a really good review. Cutting all of our laughing out. Just a shame. It was, Shame. It was one of David's computer friends. One of his robot friends. <laughs> robot friends. 
Right. It was blue cat. <laughs> he talked in to the, the set of numbers. He, ta- he talked to the Twitter bots and he was like, Hey, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. Guys, guys it's not working. We, beep, boop, boop. We, I keep telling her to stop laughing all the time. That's not working. Listen, maybe they'll listen to a bad, re- good review, a good review. A kindly worded bad review. With two stars. That'll convince them. It, it's got only two stars, so it has to be bad. It's like when people are like, I really liked this, but it broke and I returned it and I got a new one. One star. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? What? Just, just don't like that I had to replace it. Why are you mad? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I remembered what I wanted to talk about and that was oh when Oh, I thought we were done. Yes, I sorry, I've been looking at my notes and there was, I, I knew we there was done. one like Bye everybody. It's like it's like <laughs> Negan's piece of glass in his hand. You just got to get it out. Herschel says, "Oh, mom, you know what? I'm just going to go to Xander's." <laughs> right? Did, did you did you guys all think what I was thinking? No, we I I did not. I can guarantee well, it. Why is that name significant to the universe? Who's Xander Berkeley? And who was he in the show? Gregory. And where are we now? New Hilltop. New There's Hilltop. a Xander at New Hilltop. I thought that was kind of cool. You know that was intentional too. I like it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah, I got it. It's a nice tribute to. Okay. Okay, we get okay. it. We get it. Okay. Thank you. That's okay. all I wanted no. to say. We no. fucking around this Hold whole on. time. Hold <laughs> like, on. Hold like, on. Look, where do, is it? I can do better. What? Oh my gosh, David. <laughs> that is mind blowing. Okay, thank you Gosh. so much. Thank you. That's what, that's you know what? what? It's like it's like when I pointed out the trap and I really wanted the credit for it. Well, but guess what? I'm slippery. Sharon, I don't go. I don't fall in traps. Then Sharon D started talking about Star Wars, and that was more interesting. That's the end of the podcast, uh, right? Oh, okay, yeah. you're too slippery, so no one can catch you. That's the end of nobody the can catch me now. We'll never end this podcast. <laughs> Thomas says there will be no laughing on my new podcast titled "You Fucks." <laughs> Should have trademarked it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, thanks, Emily. Emily just redownloaded no Apple barred. Podcasts to give us five stars. Aww. Oh, thank, you. Thanks, thank you, Emily. That means a lot because thank that you. that shit's a bitch. That shit's heavy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's very kind of you. podcast <laughs> Go to ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. I thought five I stars stroked out plant. again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh God. Spoken Hebrew. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead, like Emily just is about to do, sort of, and leave us five stars in an eggplant or a very nice review and only two stars. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. <laughs> tell us that we laughed too much. Leave your social media handle so we can tag you when we sh- eventually share your rating. Tell us that we could have laughed more. We're so serious all the time. Oh, Pearly in his apartment. Wah, wah. We don't care about giggling. him. We do laugh more, but David cuts it out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's too much. It's too much <laughs> laughter. Because then we get these reviews in the, that I obviously left. See? He's justifying it. <laughs> I'm slippery. Ooh, catch me now. Go take a shower Ooh. then. Tell us what you don't like, but remember to tell us after every episode. And if you really like what you heard, well, think about following us for free on either Kofi or Patreon. That's ko-fi.com slash dead or patreon.com slash dead. It costs nothing to do. It allows you to get our recording schedules if we're not going live, which we usually do. And you can attend those recording sessions for free as well, behind the scenes, where your insights are most likely going to be heard over our live streams where it's just a free-for-all. So consider following us on Kofi or Patreon to gain access to our recording sessions. And if you really like what you heard, you can tip us on Kofi for 30 days of support back content to our unedited episode recordings and if you join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month you can get that plus discord access and a whole host of other perks just for a dollar a month and it shows us that you love us and that you appreciate what we're doing along with rating along with tipping along with <laughs> just following us for free i've been your host david cameo and i'm was joined by cosmo zero and i rachel burt sharon d 
aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget. KO-FI.com slash Punky Brewster. It's getting very hot in here all of a sudden. <laughs> KO-FI.com slash Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. Thank you again for making it to the end of this very awesome discussion to a very awesome episode of The Walking Dead Dead City second episode titled Who's There? As always, at the end of these episodes, we like to give a shout out to our Survivors and Whispers tier members. It's a little thing that they get as a result of joining those tiers on either Kofi or Patreon. Starting with the Survivors tier members, we've got at RealRyanGM on Twitter, at ElisaJones71, or at JonesAG6 on Twitter. She was actually on here, and we mentioned her podcast podcast relishing the dead which you can really dig in on facebook they have a facebook group that you can join and it'll give you up-to-date information on when they go live and some cool little fun participatory things and of course let's not forget fan art lindy who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash fan art lindy on to our whispers tier members we've got takira who is also in the chat while we're having our live stream you can reach her at ko-fi.com slash connie dixon for life that's connie dixon the number four l-y-f-e got sandy D.D.Morrison on Facebook, at Tyler Philip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter, Aiden Atkin, who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin, and of course, at Judith.Morton on Instagram. Take care, everybody. We'll see you very soon, hopefully, in another live stream. So in case you want to participate in the chat, which has been growing every single week, and we really, really would welcome your participation there too, adding your insights along the way, well, do yourself a favor and head over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Dead subscribe and make sure that you enable all notifications so that you know when we show up live otherwise you will not it's just a fact of life it's something we have to remind you every single time we do this little call to action but thank you again for making it and while you wait in the meantime remember that we are squawking dead mm-hmm.